From Relevant Magazine, it's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, the 13th, 2012, and this is the Relevant Podcast. So, I'm trying to think of a bat sound. <laughs> so you just, went with a chicken? Is that... It, yeah, they that's, use sonar. They use little, like, kissy, so, yeah, something like that. I, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and forgive how we've started the podcast. Here with me in our Orlando studios is the very lovely Ryan Ham. Hey, everyone. Oh. Hambone. Yeah. To his immediate right, Maya Strang. Hi. I'm going to be a Foley artist today. Oh, no. Because it's Friday the 13th. What is that? What? The squeaky door. Yeah, he, squeaky door. He yeah. was, was a person footsteps. walking. Were yeah. they wearing water balloons on their feet? <laughs> uh, it was a squeaky door to a stable opening on a gravel path. I I pictured that in my mind just with the sound. Yeah. Basically, we become Prairie Home Companion today. (laughs) On the Skype line, all the way from Loverland, Virginia, the one and only Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And uh, on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, Chad Michael Snavely. Hello, friends. We have a great podcast for you today. Uh, Coming up, we have a live in-studio performance by Kai Kai uh, from Portland, Oregon. Fantastic up-and-coming band. Um, we also uh, invite in our editorial team and tell you all about some of the behind the scenes of the brand new issue of Relevant, which is out now. Scott Harrison of Charity Waters on the cover. It's a good one. Yeah. So I, I, I noticed, I went back and I said, we have a great podcast for you today because apparently last week's, I said, we have a good one. Mm. And so somebody tweeted me, like, is this a forbearing of things to come in 2012 that it's only good podcasts, not great? <laughs> and, and I didn't know what he was talking about. I thought he was insulting the podcast. Like, he listened to it, and he's like, it's only good, mm. you know? And I realized it's because I set it up. Yeah. By, by June, we have a mediocre one today. <laughs> it's today's, just, today's podcast is fair. It's a slow regression <laughs> from here. No, no, today's is great, so I'm proclaiming it. Great. Like I'd give today's about a C-. minus. A charismatic roots coming out. Name it and claim it. Yeah, you, you are speaking it forth, brother. I'm calling things that be not as though they be. Because <laughs> this surely is not great. Um, uh, you are really going out on faith here. But at first, your entertainment releases music coming out on Tuesday, January 17th. Annie DeFranco with Which Side Are You On? How apropos. Oh. She plays for the other side, Maya. Oh, really? Yeah. I think she plays both sides. Oh, this yeah. is why she's asking when yeah. she meets a new person. Yeah. Hey, which side are you on? And the answer, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, Here we go. <laughs> My- you know what? It's just a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Taking that back. Uh, you're, you're right, tweeter. Whoever you are. <laughs> also coming out, Michael W. Smith with decades of worship. Decades. Of synthesizers. <laughs> Calling through the night to find my... I was, we were with a guy yesterday. We had an industry guy in for lunch, and I was asking him what his story was. And uh, he was working at Reunion Records, mm. and they signed Michael W. Smith, and they became good friends. And I said, are, are you friends forever? And uh, and then he said, when uh, Michael W. Smith 
uh, started his label, he went down and worked at Rocket Town. I said, all the way down at Rocket Town, Rocket Town. <laughs> and I just kept quoting Michael Lewis Smith lyrics to him, and he really annoyed him. <laughs> the drinks were two for one. <laughs> <laughs> was it so, so he never established if the Lord was the Lord of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he actually did say that once you're friends with Michael Lewis Smith, you are friends forever. So. Movie releases coming out on Friday, January 20th. Underworld Awakening. <laughs> you should ask is Rocks. that like the tenth one in the series? I think Does anyone yeah. know? I think it's the fifth. I, one. It seems like Fourth there's been Underworld ads for like the last yeah. seven years. Is I that, can't is ever that tell the video if it's game? Like, no, yeah, it's it the, is a video game. Though. No, it's not a video game. It's just a video game. It's just two just one the movie they looks like have, a video game. Yeah. Like I mean, Spider-Man, like when the new Spider-Man comes out, it comes out the Spider-Man video game. I don't think they do that for Underworld. I think I was joking. It just looks like a video game. Right. I don't think it was. Anyway, Roxy's actually really excited about it. <sighs> She's dark. She loves she, <laughs> she loves any crappy movie with vampires, especially when it involves some sort of butt-kicking heroine. Yeah, I would say any strong female role, Roxy's in line. And it's just like, no, this movie's awful. Like, But there's a strong female lead. Underworld, oh. The Eternal War, came out in 2004 video game. Yeah, but the movie came out in 2003, I think. Based on? The movie? The um, vampire film Underworld, which was released in 2003. Yeah, isn't one of them like Revenge of the Lycans? Yes, it was just. I, I think, think it was just a Twilight. movie tie. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a movie tie-in. So, yeah, well, same difference. <laughs> no, it's not the same difference. <laughs> That's like I mean, because then you could say that uh, any the same thing to then me. you could say pretty much any action movie is based on a video game. So La- right. Lara Croft Tomb Raider, <laughs> the movie, is based on a video based game. on a video game. Yeah. It is Underworld. Had a video game. No, I didn't. No, I didn't say it was based on it. I just said they had. They do have one. Oh, to yeah. accompany I, it. I don't think. I, think, I don't think people are still referencing 2004 video games. I don't think they're still playing those. I, I think, I think the, that Revenge of the Lycans should enter into the echelon of sequel names like Electric Boogaloo and Legends of Curly's Gold. <laughs> oh wow! So so like if you were to go see, I'm going to see Mission Impossible Two. Revenge of the Lycans. <laughs> That's true. That is a good one. Any, anything that says revenge in it. Yeah. Yeah. Reve- because you have Legend of Curly's Gold, you know? And Electric. Legend's a good one. Electric revenge is Boogaloo. good. And, and Electric Boogaloo is just perfect. Yeah, because I, I, somebody over Christmas tweeted me and said that they did their holiday party. And he said, sorry, we stole your, your sequel name. And he mm. said it was like Electric Party 2, Electric, you know, or it said like Holiday Party 2, uh-huh. Electric Boogaloo. Well, it could have been Holiday Party 2, Revenge of the Lycans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also coming out, Haywire, starring Michael Douglas uh, and Ewan McGregor. That actually doesn't look that bad. Ewan, right? Sure. You always ask every time. <laughs> sure. Whatever you want it to be. Well, I say it. I'm thinking I'm saying the right one. I think it's Ewan. And then y'all look at me weird. I think it's Ewan. It's Ewan. Ewan, yeah. Y-O-U. I think sound. Patrick yeah. Ewing. That's, That's right. what you, you told me last time. Yeah. I always Ewing. forget. <laughs> I'm a big Patrick, Patrick Ewing fan. Ewing, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> I sit behind him at Magic Games. Mm. Um, and also coming out, last and not least, Red Tails, starring Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> I can't say Cuba. Cuba. <laughs> it's spelled Cuba. And uh, Terrence Howard. It's about it's about the Tuskegee Airmen. But let's be honest, George Lucas is behind this movie, so it's not going to be good. You don't think he's a good... Movie maker? Did you see Star Wars episodes one and two? No. Ugh. <laughs> Which one had the 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 Jar Jar? Uh, Star Wars episodes one and two. 
Oh, I saw one of those. They were. I think I saw the first one. I think like, we went and saw the first one. Okay, so I know this is. I, a I haven't seen and four, everyone, five, and six though. You've never seen the original Star Wars. Well, I think movies? I did when I was a kid because I, I had an Ewok Village playset, so I might have seen it in '81. Oh, I can't even count how many times I've seen them. I watch a lot of House Hunters International <laughs> on HGTV. Yeah, he was talking to me. Yeah. And Holmes That's on Holmes. It's one of those things because, like, George We is, all have our things that we waste dude, dude, time Hol- watching. Holmes is my point. by Holmes. That guy is enraged 100% of the time. <laughs> and like, I get, I get nerd. Like, if he were to come over to my house, like, I would honestly be petrified. Like, he would, like, look into, well, like, he, a vent or my, cir- you know, my, my circuit breaker. Seriously, what are you thinking? But you this, didn't build this, the house. This enrages me. No, he I would burn this house down. The shoddiness <laughs> of your upkeep, sir. <laughs> your up- no, he would fix it for you. He wears no, nice he overalls. Would, he, would demean, he would demean you first. I've never no. seen this. What is it? It's 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 a guy. It's a it's on HGTV. It's a Canadian contractor, okay. Mike Holmes, and basically the show is that people who have had terrible things happen in their house, like they hired a contractor to remodel their basement. He stole their money. He didn't finish that kind of thing, and they're trapped. They have they're broke. They, you know all that kind of stuff. They'll call Mike Holmes. He'll come in. He'll assess the situation, and he and his crew will fix, make it right. Hmm. Well, and so, hey, Ryan, imagine like Mister Clean, okay, <laughs> wearing overalls. He looks like Mister Clean. Okay, yeah, coming to your house, like taking a look around, sitting you down, and like acting like a doctor that's telling you you're terminally ill. <laughs> And what he wants to do to the person that gave you the disease because someone didn't put your shingles on. Right. I'm surprised yeah. this hasn't become a political issue yet with uh, some guy from up north as a socialized medicine swooping in with loonies and toonies and well, telling Americans know, how to do their you jobs. You know, ha- half of HGTV is Canadian shows. Is it? I yeah, didn't know base, this. All, if you notice, like, they're all in Toronto. They're all oh, in... Yeah. yeah. So... And so we're just recycling. And at the very end, at the very end, you'll see like the Canadian Film Council, you know, whatever, <laughs> on all of them. And then if they get really successful, they'll start doing American versions of it. So they don't, now there's a new Mike Holmes show that is in America. In America. But the one, Holmes on Holmes, is all Canadians. Oh, okay. So basically, the, the workmanship of Canada is just crap. <laughs> That's the they lesson. don't know how to build That's a house. the lesson you take away. Yeah. But he always makes it right. Jesse, I don't get your fear of him because no matter how dire the situation, Mike Holmes will make it right. He will heal your wounds and you will live a healthy life. It's a, uh, my thing with Mike Holmes is like going to the dentist, right? <laughs> it's like, I know I got a toothache. I, I, that's why I came here today. But, you know, <laughs> after, I don't need to get the third degree yeah. during the... Oh, so you haven't been... St- Flossing, yeah. I see. Mm. I agree completely. Really, you really need to cut back on the soda. Oh <laughs> man, I look. I'm paying you here. I, I understand the problem. They're not okay, paying a leaky him. roof. They don't so pay him. Don't, don't it's, demean me. It's all charity. You you have a you are a cynical cynical man. No, last time no, no, I went I to the like dentist. I don't like being demeaned. Is the thing. <laughs> Wait, like, he like, doesn't. I, I've, I've gone to get my oil changed before, <laughs> and the guy takes out my air filter, which I admit I should I should not have waited to this point to get it. A new one, and he brings me the dirty one and show, holds it right in my face and just looks at me, well, like like a disappointed father <laughs> or something. This it's like, dude, it. just change the air filter. And he's like, "This is what you're breathing, Jesse. If you built the house, you should be terrified of Mike Holmes. But you just living it, you inherited problems that you didn't know about. Does he yell at the homeowner? The, or never. Just the, okay. he, what he yells at is like a lot of times somebody will buy a house uh-huh. and it's a lemon, and he'll go through and do an inspection, and he gets upset that the home inspector didn't catch these things. Oh, okay. So he's always mad at somebody but it's never the homeowner hmm. he's always in but, their but, corner fighting but if for he came justice to my house he would definitely be bad at me because when things break i do the i do the absolute minimum to fix it okay <laughs> like I, I put like a piece of tape on 
you know, an exposed wire or something. Or a little door in your your closet. <laughs> Apparently, the previous homeowner did the same thing. Didn't he take yeah. it off? <laughs> That's why I'm saying. If Holmes came to my house, it would be terrifying. <laughs> I'm pretty right. sure I would cry. Right. Well, that'll do it for entertainment releases, <laughs> including... <laughs> Our TV pick of the week, <laughs> Holmes on Holmes, Sunday evenings and HGTV. Um, stay tuned. Up next, Slices. Well, as you know, here on the podcast, we're big fans of the band Gunger. And this spring, Relevant Magazine is sponsoring the Ghosts Upon the Earth Tour featuring Gunger. For city and ticket info, go to gungermusic.com. It's the Ghosts Upon the Earth Tour featuring Gunger, sponsored by Relevant Magazine. You're listening to The Shins. The song is Simple Song from their upcoming album, Port of Morrow. I'm really excited about the song. I know. We're recommending it in the next relevant. Yeah. It's really good. I've, I've What I listen to, I enjoy. Yeah. It's very good. Is it, is it on the soundtrack to Garden State 2, <laughs> Revenge of the Lichens? <laughs> yes. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard The Big Pink with Stay Gold from their album, Future This. <laughs> Future This. Sounds like a really <laughs> odd insult. Um, all right, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, well, I have some very troubling economic news. Um, I know that we're, you know, everyone doesn't want to hear this, but I feel like I should should make it known. The maker of the shoes, Crocs, has recently recently released their 2011 earnings. Does anyone have a guess how much money Crocs made mm-hmm. in 2011 alone? Three hundred and fifty million dollars. <laughs> One billion with a B. <laughs> wow. That means that in 2011, there were 22 million pairs of Crocs sold and that are now out on the streets. Was 65% of those sold in Central Florida around the theme parks? Uh, no, Annie DeFranco bought them. <laughs> um, the, the, I, the, I'm not surprised. I was, I was at the mall at Christmas and there was a Crocs kiosk doing very brisk business. Was. I was, it was mobbed. And, I, and I, we walked by and I'm like, who still buys Crocs? Apparently, there's 50 people right there buying Crocs. And this is this is actually a two-part slice because at the same time Crocs announced this, Hostess, the maker of Twinkies, Ho-Hos, Ding Dongs, Suzy Q's, and, and many other delicious snacks, has announced that they are in almost a uh, billion dollars of debt and will be going to, into Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Wow. So what perplexes me is I always thought that was the same customer base, the people that are stocking up on Hostess products well, yeah. the people that are buying Crocs. So Maybe that's what's so perplexing about that. They've, they're, they're on a fixed income, mm-hmm. clearly. And so to, in order to save up and buy the Crocs that they so desire, they've cut back on their ding-dong. Well, uh, I was going to say, maybe they just switched to Little Debbie. No. no, I think they've put their money into the Crocs. I think Swiss cake rolls. Yeah, are it just was, as it good was as either hobos. one or the other, and and the, and the footwear 
just seemed like the best decision in this kind of economy. These are these are clearly people who live life in sweatpants. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's what well, in my okay. mind. I'm like, wait, hostess, hostess going bankrupt, Crocs going through the roof. Same people. And then I was picturing that. So person. right now, invest in Hanes. <laughs> Hanes sweatpants are going to. But this is the thing: is I think like from what I've seen, like at Disney and Universal, and when I go to the mall around here, it's like usually it's people from other countries who are buying Crocs because I think it's supposed to be like an American thing. Like, so when they go back home to Ecuador, it's like look at this and American you're wearing the Crocs. It's like, oh, he's clearly been to America. Yeah, exactly. Because I saw a guy wearing like pretty nice jeans, like a Timberland shirt, and then like bright white Crocs uh, while I was at the mall the other day, and I was just like, really? Um, but I mean, he was from somewhere else, and I'm. Was he wearing a speedo? No, at, at the mall. No. And let me no. guess that he wasn't eating a ho ho. He was not. He was not. But he did try to play the, pay the gap cashier in traveler's checks, which caused the backup. <laughs> 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 so what was he buying at the Gap? Because people like that, I think, wear speedos and mesh tank tops. I don't know. I didn't notice what he was buying, but he was buying a <laughs> lot of it. Crocs. He, yeah, with yeah. the Crocs. They were, they were, there was a lot of traveler check money being exchanged. Yeah, that's the thing right now. Our, the dollar is weak. And, yeah, that's what it was. And it's like people can afford to fly in internationally, do all their annual shopping, and then fly home yeah. and ship it home, and it's still cheaper. Uh, I've noticed that like alcohol must be really, really cheap here because I've seen people in parking lots who are drinking well uh but like i think i, I saw an italian family once and i saw a british family that's a 6 30 in the relevant parking lot <laughs> i saw an italian family and a british family one time and like both had cases and cases and cases of liquor that they were packing into the back of their rented minivan and like i mean the one i noticed the british one because they packed it too full and an entire case of wine tipped over they, they wouldn't ship that home. They that That's honestly, just I just nice. think they have a vacation <laughs> rental and they're here for a week. And so yeah, they're just ready to party. Yeah, <laughs> they got their mesh tanked out, six speedos <laughs> and the Crocs, and it's party time. It's Jesse's Monday. <laughs> what? Ham <laughs> 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 bone. I get, I have seriously received at least a dozen people who have tweeted me directly about the podcast, mm-hmm. and they always end it with hashtag ham bone. I guess it's a phenomenon. It's a, at least to was, a dozen people. It's a phenomenon. Who is I? I was, between between Tim Tebow and Hambone, <laughs> Twitter blew up this week. Uh, Tim was, Tebow broke Tim Twitter Tebow. on Sunday night. I should make uh, Hambone should be a character, sort of like Colbert and Colbert. You are a character. <laughs> he, he should Hambone should at least have theme music. Yeah, wow. we were talking like, about like, that. I said, we I, were talking about it this week, but he wants his theme music to be Rick Ross. No, <laughs> no, it'd be, like the, it'd be the Benny Hill theme song. <laughs> Only the beginning <laughs> to it. Well, naturally. Yeah. Yeah, we'd have to bleep out all that. Most of it is not safe for the little ears. No, right. Not safe for the whole family. Speaking of safe for little ears, Jesse, I, I drove, uh, I, I'm, I'm telling you, we are an up and coming metropolis. I was coming home from the Magic game the other night, driving on the main interstate here in Orlando, and I saw Hot 95.9. I thought it said Orlando's new home for hip-hop and R&B. And I was like, whoa, and a third hip-hop station in Orlando. That's awesome. So I turned it on, and uh, a guy was with me, and we are listening to it, and I, neither of us knew the song. It's kind of like gritty underground, like, sweet. This is like a real hip-hop station. It's not like pop hip-hop. <laughs> and, um, and then <laughs> the DJ comes on right after that, and he goes, Welcome to 95 nine, or Hot 95.9, Orlando's positive hip-hop and R&B. It's a Christian hip-hop station. Wow. I can't believe it. And I listened, and all the rest of the songs were all about Jesus. I, we have a full-time, with DJs, Christian hip-hop station. I'm very excited. 
I was going to say, that's, that's quite the subgenre to have an entire radio station dedicated <laughs> that's to. That's what I was thinking. I was like, this, what, they are really uh, bullish on the uh, listener. Do you think that's the, that's the new, uh, that's where radio stations are going to go? It was just hyper niche audiences? Well, I mean, how can that be a sustainable? Well, they're not ad supported. This yeah. is the, they're owned by the Christian radio yeah. station in town. So they're all donors. And Maya said that you heard them raise, or somebody told me that they heard them, the Christian radio station raising funds to start the, Christian hip hop mm-hmm. station. So people gave to launch it, I guess. What's the name <laughs> of the station? Just out of curiosity. Hot 95.9. Orlando's positive hip hop and R&B. Hot. Mm. Can you imagine like chill 88.5. You're home for instrumental post rock. <laughs> <laughs> Christian instrumental post rock. Yeah. Positive. Christian yeah. And, yeah. Positive instrumental post rock. Yeah. Crazy. I can't believe it. I've never heard of a Christian hip hop station. Never heard of it. Yeah. So, I would think that there would be other subgenres. If you're going to branch out and not do adult contemporary Christian, I would think there would be other sub audiences, i.e., like ours, that would be a wider listening based mm-hmm. in Christian hip hop. They used to have. I remember, like when I was in high school, they would have. Uh, sometimes they would have hard rock Christian. Yeah, stations. there's a lot of like Christian rock stations, like Radio like, U. No, they do. No, pop. they're yeah, more like um, Air One is like the spinoff of uh, Air Bud of K Love, <laughs> Air oh, Bud, okay. yeah. But that's just and it's like alternative <laughs> rock. No, I don't think so. I think yeah, no, you can get it on your in your car radio, like terrestrial radio. But but is it, but what's the difference between that and just like regular Christian that plays like Casting Crowns and stuff? Well, that's adult contemporary. I mean, which is like your yeah, mix 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 one hundred five point one. The Christian rock plays like Skillet and that kind of. Yeah, uh, Paramore. Okay. Paramore. Yeah. No, they don't play Paramore. I don't think they're they play secular. Paramore. Yeah. I wish there was a Christian '80s rock station, <laughs> like just Striper <gasps> over sweet. and over again. Petra, yeah, King Petra, X. Striper, Whiteheart. I, I was gonna say it'd be awesome just to have a Christian uh, '1980s Christian music station, but it's I'm true. like, that's actually just Christian music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. They're, they're still playing. Yeah, that's love true. in any language. I sign. I sign language to that in front of the church. You did not. Mm-hmm. You actually did it. Yeah. Ryan did too. <laughs> no, I did. Yes, you did. No, well, you traveled around with your missionary parents, didn't you? Do no, a little song? we didn't sign language. We did a, we did a quartet thing of love. And <laughs> no, language. of "Carry the Light" by Twyla Paris. How does that go? <laughs> carry the light in the name of Jesus Christ. Carry the light till there is no more. Because night. y'all, oh, because y'all were missionaries exactly. and you were carrying the light to the dark. Okay, uh-huh. new Hambone segment. Every week he sings us a chorus of a song that he sang as he was oh, a traveling. Did you do hand motions? Chad will love this. We didn't do hand motions. Chad will love this on my pair on our slide presentation, <laughs> which because we were missionaries, we I, love slide presentation. I love it already. I love it already. The song we used was Future Generations. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> it beautiful. always. What? What props did you have? We didn't have any props. Phillips, Craig, They're... or Dean make an appearance in your <laughs> no. presentation. No. no. To be fair, my parents actually feel horrible about this now. So <laughs> what about any of the points of grace? Um I think my dad, like sometimes we would um we would always sing keep and the then can- sometimes keep my, the candle burning. Well sometimes my dad would do special music. I think he did Great Divide a few Ooh. times. Did yeah. he do any DeGarmo or Key? No, that was a little that was a little too early for our deputation trips. I thought you were gonna say a little too edgy. Did you guys <laughs> did you guys ever do any Jeff Moore or perhaps the distance? No, we never I even I okay, met him once. Even I, um, and apologies to any Jeff Moore fans or Jeff Moore himself. Apology uh, accepted. <laughs> <laughs> even I well in, played, in my heyday of listening to CCM thought that the song home run was the stupidest thing I'd ever heard. 
Oh, it was awful. So, yeah. Well, like, the first because, 30 seconds. Because yeah. then they do the whole batter up. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Home run. It's good. Oh, and it's I'm, good. You know, I'm like 14, obsessed with most Christian music. And, and even I you. Like, I was just like, this is awful. I, okay, so I, I got to tell you guys this. I'm going to come clean. A little, uh, I, I think I did this in the uh, the staff awards. Like, how well do you know your coworker two yeah. years ago? Yeah. When I was young, I entered a contest through Focus on the Family's Breakaway magazine. Good I, hub. I wrote a rap. We've all done that. I recorded a rap, submitted this rap, <laughs> and won a Jeff Moore in the Distance cassette. <laughs> Where is this rap? In, in my mom's house. What happened? Oh, I'm calling her. We need that. On I never it was. It was called Christ is the one for you. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Do you remember yeah. any of it? License plate. Please. We'll see. Please. Oh, that's incredible. Can I, can I say that I think the most, my least favorite song, or maybe my favorite song from like the CCM, CCM era, and granted, I didn't listen to a lot of that, but I was aware of this song, and later, a roommate, Cameron, you remember Ryan, he had a cassette tape of these uh, of these different CCM music videos, and I remember this particular song from back in the day. It's a song where Brian Duncan raps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brian Duncan. Is anyone familiar with this particular yes. song? I don't know that song. Brian Duncan did a uh, a concert at my church. Really? Yeah. Did he do the rap song? I don't remember. All I know so about Brian Duncan is he's a heavy set fellow, and in all of his album covers, he's wearing a Nehru jacket. Yeah. Do you remember the Stephen Curtis Chapman song when he brought in DC Talk, and then Stephen Curtis Chapman rapped on the one verse, and Stop it was it. horrible. Stop. Yeah. What's which album got was to, on? Got to be true. Was I, song. I remember the it song. It was on the Great Adventure. Yeah, that's what it was on. It'll be okay, the, podcast the song is called song. "Don't Don't You Wanna Rap." <laughs> Just <laughs> from 1989. Oh. Are you serious, Brian Duncan? <laughs> Don't you want to? Do you remember when Carmen would rap? Yeah, yes. those were good times Riot. too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or uh, who's in the house? He oh, still who's does. in the house is amazing. Yeah. JC. Yeah. yeah. I remember listening to that album, The Standard, and uh, <laughs> like my my this is going to make my parents sound terrible because my parents have uh, as I grew up they also grew up <laughs> but i remember listening to that album in uh sixth grade and there's one line in this in uh the song america again where carmen just yells out it's like the climax of the song carmen just yells out and maybe we'll stop putting like handing out condoms in public schools and start <laughs> passing out the word of god and my dad just goes yeah <laughs> <laughs> the battle cry. <laughs> oh man. That's yeah, amazing. but Carmen Carmen, I was more of a fan of vintage Carmen where he would just tell stories in his songs. Not not try to rap. Like the champion. That was to yeah. me, that was my Carmen era. Because like once he once I once it got to be mid nineties and he started having B boys and trying to be cool, it's like you're 45. Yeah. You don't need to do this. Yeah. You know, you, you know what song rules is mission 316. <laughs> <laughs> How does that go? Also, I think I have, um, I'm pretty sure I have riot on VHS. The nice. first part, the movie, yeah. isn't that the, the music video where he's dancing around without a shirt and his chest is all oiled up. Have isn't you that, seen isn't that, that every Carmen video? Yeah. No, that, 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 and it's like industrial, like yeah. a warehouse yeah. and stuff. Yeah. He did that after Janet Jackson's um, Rhythm Nation. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, we did an industrial. They shot it in Tulsa. 
<laughs> which is a claim to fame for Tulsa. Because when I went to college in Tulsa, I was like, you know, this is this is where they shot the riot movie. <laughs> this is the old abandoned warehouse where they shot riot. Yeah, <laughs> they haven't wiped the oil off the floor yet. <laughs> it, it won't oh, come off. <laughs> there's also another music video in that uh, where they're flying a plane to heaven. Because the whole movie is <laughs> like, yeah, the whole movie is about this cop named Vic Rizzo, and he's a cop with a heart <laughs> of gold. Like, and, and it's like, it is unbelievable. And in so interspersed throughout the plot of the storyline are music videos, and one of the music videos they're flying on a jumbo jet to heaven. I can't remember what song it is, but God a is jumbo jet yeah, to heaven. But God is clearly the pilot because it's just this white light in front of the in front of the instrument panel, and then Carmen's the co-pilot. And right, because God is isn't your co-pilot right and that is your pilot and uh there's a That's few good theology right yeah. there that was an important there's a few uh like satanists on the plane and i think they get pushed out the window because it's like <laughs> it's like if you don't like and then and then the um and then the the refreshments are uh communion of course yeah and I'm just like, I but remember not, it's grape juice. Yeah. Yeah. It's grape juice and bread. And they're like passing that out as the plain refreshments. So clearly oh, God isn't God. Lutheran. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, sounds very, that sounds very sacrilegious. <laughs> Apparently uh, God has a very low view of communion. So Ch- Chad, I just, I just aimed you something through Skype. That you may want to <laughs> okay. It's the music video I was referencing. <laughs> <laughs> you got to listen to the lyrics, though. I think this is the definition of tickled pink. This is Brian Duncan. Do you do you want to rap? It's <laughs> <laughs> eight fifteen and eighty one's the gate to catch an Ida to Chicago for a concert date. Got a ticket, the baggage for an excess fee. I'm in a five mile line to face security. They grab my shoulder bag. I'm running short on time, and then they single me out to run a check for a crime. Then on the intercom, I hear this voice too sweet. We've been delayed. We're in a fog. Why don't you take a seat? So I slid around. Who wastes the time as a sin? Here comes a beatbox. Got the volume at ten, and now he's thanking me for saving him a place. Look around the whole room. There ain't a single space. I said I don't mind a shuffle to a different beat. As long as I can hear it from across the street, okay? Uh-oh, now he's folding his arms. He's got this big old frown on his face. He says, baby, don't you want to rap with me? So the guy at the airport walked out to him, asked him to move, and then looked at him and said, baby, do you want to rap with me? Right. It's a guy to a guy. This is an Ani DeFranco song. He's probably song. calling me baby man because I'm a lot smaller than he is. <laughs> Alright, I'll give it a shot. Oh. My name is Brian G and I'm a screaming machine. I sing my tearing it up like it loud if it's clean. A full tilt rhythm you can understand. And I can tour the world with the Econo band. On a mission from God, I like to call him a friend. Think the people are sick and he's a medicine. Saying love is a key, yeah, and an animosity. And I'm snatching all the children from the enemy. And if you get so... I'm glad the honky tonk piano was worked in. (laughs) What is his earring? Cross. He's got the Barry Bonds earring. (laughs) Yeah, he does. Or Lawrence Taylor. (laughs) He's wearing the original Fresh Prince hat, the neon hat backwards. (laughs) Now he looks like now he looks like John Gruden with the mullet. I think this is John Gruden. Don't you want to rap with me? Oh. What is... 
I'm not saying him in particular. I don't want to talk. What is it? What are these people? 1980s Christian pop stars. What are they doing today? How are they making a living? Because they didn't make enough money back then to sustain them the rest of their life. He's raking it in on YouTube, Royal. <laughs> I like when this Brian Duncan video ended. It's like, you know, if you like that video, you might like these. And there's a bunch of Christian ones. And then there's Blur song number two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really understand that. Well, it's because both like, songs pump you up so much. <laughs> of course. Well, and probably the people who watched that video, ironically... Also, oh, yeah, that's true. Watching yeah. other old. Wow. Well, there you go. What do you have, Maya? <laughs> Again, I feel like I can't uh, follow. You guys are such builder uppers. That's um, what we do. We're affirming. We build people <laughs> up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, I just found a slice. Of this a- is the crescendo of the podcast. I wish they wouldn't give out condoms. <laughs> <laughs> In the school. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I just found a slice of a guy here in, or, or actually, it's in South South Florida, uh, but which in, is outside the listening area of our new positive hip hop station, <laughs> ninety five nine. It doesn't go that far down, um, but apparently, you can, um, if you don't want to pay your cab fare, you can call nine one one and tell them that the cab has kidnapped you. What? And not have to pay your fare. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Well, this, somebody did that. This there's a, a gentleman who uh, had had one too many drinks and I uh, got in a cab. The guy, cabbie picked him up and he, the guy told him he lived on the street, but he couldn't remember the number. <laughs> so the cabbie was taking him and then all of a sudden this guy decided that this cab driver was kidnapping him. So he called 911 seven times and um, um, ended up getting arrested because you can't call 911 to say you're being um, kidnapped by the cabbie. So the first statement of your slice is not true. That if you don't want to pay your fare, you can just it's call that. Okay. Just, just want to can, clarify. You can give it a shot. So people don't sue us. For, <laughs> you can give it a shot, well, but you will, you will get arrested. said I could do this. Yeah. yeah. You can give it a shot. But you will, you will be. This guy. But we, were, but we have nothing to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. The guy ended up getting out of the cab. The, guy, the cab driver took him back to their cabbie land, wherever that is. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that is. I think it's it a, is. Cabbie it's land. a wonderful <laughs> parallel universe <laughs> called Cabbie Land. Cabbie Land. Cabbie Land. <laughs> he took him there. The guy got out, he paid $20 for the cab ride and then walked home. But the but since he <laughs> called 911 seven times, they he got arrested, arrested. him. Wow. Oh, that's a bad night. It is a bad night. Oh. Well, he didn't remember it, Less, though. Lessons learned. He was Lesson, blackout drunk. Yeah. Lesson, don't drink in excess. So he wakes up in a jail cell like Otis the Town Drunk on the Andy Griffith Show. Mm-hmm. Right. What are we referencing today? <laughs> all over the place. Yeah, that's going old school, man. <laughs> Which, did you know that uh, Otis the Town Drunk is also the voice of Mr. Whitaker in Adventures in Odyssey? I did know that. What? Yeah. 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 Speaking of 1980s Christian yeah. entertainment. Yeah. All right. What do you have? Um, all right. So, assuming you were on the internet sometimes this, sometime this week, you uh, know that Beyonce and Jay-Z had their baby last week. What? Uh, <laughs> uh, named Blue Ivy Carter. Anyway, so, obviously, since this child is already famous and has two famous and powerful people, uh, she's going to get some really good baby gifts. Um, one of the things well, she's just the royalty. She can buy it herself right. with, her, with her new royalty. Well, money. one of the things that she's already gotten is a gift from um, Destiny's Child or Beyonce's Destiny's Child uh, group mate uh, Kelly Rowland, who got the baby a uh, five thousand two hundred dollars Swarovski crystal baby bathtub. Wow! <laughs> wow! Just like 
I don't know what it looks like, but I'm assuming it's like a sort of concave cocoon of crystal. Yeah, I, assume- I pictured like a big, like fancy punch bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Like a crystal punch bowl. Actually, that's what that's it what is. Yeah. In my head that's all it is. It's yeah. really actually just a punch bowl. Yeah. And she wrote on the card, "Here's your bathtub." Yeah. She just got it from Crate and Barrel yeah. and was like, "Oh, this is some. This costs five grand." Oh. Anyway, so rich. I thought that was the most ludicrous present I'd ever heard for rich baby. people. Yeah. They are the one percent. <laughs> all right, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Kai Kai. listening to Sugar in the High Lows. So I'm going to see it for yourself. Kai Kai is an indie band from Washington that we're big fans of. Uh, they create uh, ethereal, ambient, electronic music. Their first album was uh, Young Love, and it released in 2010. They were actually the first band to record in our new studio across the street. Uh, when they were here, they performed three songs. Uh, we're we're going to play two of the songs on the podcast here. And the videos of the performances are available for you to watch on Relevant TV starting Monday. Without any further ado, here is Kai Kai with Rooftops. Young and humble mother in a park 
That was Kai Kai. Check him out at kaikaimusic.com. Listening to Yonzi, Yonzi, or Jonesy. Not really sure. Yonzi? Sigaros. I think it's Sior, like Yiro. Sior? <laughs> I think it's Sior Ros. Sior Hos. I think, I think it is. I think, you say, I think it's a collection of noises. <laughs> no, that's their album title. You're listening to <laughs> with Gathering Stories from the, uh, no lie, the We Bought a Zoo soundtrack. The video is Oh, funny. yeah, he did the score for that. Yeah. It's time for our look at the brand new issue of Relevant. I guess it's not that new. It's been out a couple weeks. We just, you know, the holidays and the break and all that, the yeah. last week, it's, we're just now getting around to talking about it. Uh, so we're inviting in our editorial director, Roxanne Weeman. Hi. Our award winning. It's true. Oh. Have Ro- we said that on the podcast? I don't think so. I don't think we have. Roxy won an award. Yeah, because it was in December. Yeah. And we haven't really. Relevant won several awards. We we are award winning. It's true. Uh, we were mm-hmm. at the um, not just in heaven. I'm not I'm not really an award guy. Never entered them before. Uh, but one of our one of our the head of our marketing area said a uh, sales and marketing. He said we should really put in 
like submit for the Folio National Magazine Awards, um, I think we could win. And it would help our stature, you know, to put us at the top echelon, secular market. It would help us with advertisers mm-hmm. and, and, and kind of industry recognition. And I'm like, all right. I mean, as long as it's not for vanity and it's actually there's a business reason, you know, like, okay. So we entered four categories in the national awards and we um, won top three in all four categories, um, including Roxy uh, wrote a cover story last year, or I guess it was July of 10, so a year and a half ago, uh, on Haiti. And that won the gold, uh, or it came in first place for editorial feature in in her category. So it was very exciting. It was also. And it was very exciting accepting the award on your behalf. <laughs> I walked out there. Thank you. Yeah. I had nothing to do with this. Just well, that's true. I was there. Something to do with it. Yeah. And and I forgot this. I saw the cover the, because uh, Folio sent uh, mailed out uh, kind of the, all the winners and stuff just yesterday. Josh showed it to me and it showed it showed yeah, the showed spread of yeah. your story and I'm like, oh, I shot that. Yeah. yeah. You took that I totally forgot I did photography <laughs> for an award winning story. So really, what resonated with the judges more than anything was. The, st- the 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 powerful visuals mm-hmm. that just brought the message yeah. home. That's so. true. <laughs> anyway, um, so welcome. The January issue of Relevant features uh, one of my favorite people, uh, Scott Harrison, the founder of Charity Water, is on the cover, and um, some people know his story, uh, some people don't. But we thought, even if you know his story, we wanted to kind of go. Uh, deeper and really kind of tell an aspect of the story of Charity Water, which is doing amazing work. Mm-hmm. You know, tell a story, tell part of the story that nobody's heard yet. And so Roxy wrote this story and it'll probably win awards. I mean, it, it just, <laughs> it's kind of automatic now. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, it was great. Um, it was great to meet them and to spend some time at their, their very cool offices in New York. And, um, it's just a really, well, no. So tell, explain that a little because, I, if I'm listening to it, you know, a, not a yes, social justice organization right. that very cool Soho offices, how, how, how come they're spending money on themselves mm-hmm. and not on the... Well, um, what you will find out um, about Charity Water is that they're a very transparent organization. 100% of their profits go, not profits, 100% of their donations go to the field. Um, and any money that they use for operations is donated separately, specifically for operations. Um, and that includes all of their, th- all of the things in their office. Everything's been donated by somebody else. There's a sign when you walk in, yeah. like, like saying like, don't judge us. This is all given <laughs> to us. Yeah. yeah. Which is really fun. I mean, they, they've, they, they want to cultivate a cool environment to work in, um, for the people who give a lot of themselves to the company. Um, but they've, they're very intentional about making sure that that, that those come as donations and they're specifically targeted for them and not taking money away from the field. Okay. Tell me one thing. Okay. You spent time with them in New York. Um, I've, I've, I've known him for a bit. What's tell me, I have my favorite Scott Harrison stories, but I'm not going to bore people with it. Um, tell, tell me kind of one thing that struck you more than any other when you're writing this, you know, you, somebody that's like that surrounded by sort of, mythology in the sense that I've heard about him for so long and people talking about him and stuff and everybody's like, Oh, he's such a great guy. Um, when you actually meet someone like that, you kind of expect, um, 
that not to necessarily yeah. be true. Um, well, but especially like, I mean, especially the longer you write about people, the more right. you sort of realize that it's the hype doesn't always match the person. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and he's just really, really genuine and really humble and, um, really passionate about what they do. And, um, I think, and his story is genuine and his story of coming sort of back to God is really genuine. His faith is and strong. his faith is so strong. It's not something that you're, it's he not a it. gimmick in any he's way. He's involved in his church. Yeah. He's involved in small groups. He is, right. he is a, a witness right. wherever he goes. So I guess honestly, like what struck me the most is that it all kind of lives up to expectations, which, which is, is really rare. Which is very rare. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah if there's somebody to, to, you know, you don't want to put anybody on a pedestal, but if there's anybody to say like, they, they, they have had, this person has had plenty of opportunities to, uh, get off track and they right. haven't right. yet. Uh, Scott would be that person. He's, he's in circles of a lot of money and in New York and, and, you know, and he's there and he has kept his integrity yeah. and that organization is doing amazing work and they have big goals, big world changing goals to bring clean water to a hundred million people in 10 yeah. years. I mean, come on, that's awesome. And uh, people like that, I just, I want to do everything I can to tell their story, oh. to say, hey, look, it's possible, folks. Right. We can do this. And uh, so it's not about, you know, Scott Harrison being perfect. It's about he's taken a risk to do things differently and to yeah. do things because of his faith and do things the right way. That is a challenge to all of us, no matter what we're called to, yeah. you know. And yeah. he's not a jerk while he's doing it. Right. He's not a jerk. Not at, all. Awesome. not at all. There's a lot more in the issue. Um, it's not all about social justice and not all about charity water by any means. Um, wh- Ryan, what would be your favorite uh, uh, mo- uh, aspect of this new issue? Um, the piece that uh, I'm most proud of how it turned out is um, a piece called The Flesh Trade. I know. Really? Yeah. yeah. You wrote an, a choose-your-own-adventure style <laughs> story about the 2012 end of the world. Yeah, I know. And it's gotten a lot of people talking, and it's really well done and really funny. Well, thank you. And so your fun. favorite is the flesh trade. Yeah, my favorite is flesh trade. So I just said that it's not all about social justice. Yeah. The next thing we're going to talk about <laughs> is the only other social justice thing. All right. Well, for one thing, uh, he's a better writer than I am. Okay. And uh, Who is it? Uh, Jonathan Camry Hoget. Um, anyway, so this the, uh, this will give you a little bit of uh, insight into the uh, publishing business. I I first heard about this story back in I think May or June um, of 2011, and the author of a book um, who he's an editor at Wired, and he emailed me and said, "Hey, I just wrote this book on this topic." Um, I think like, you know, he's like, I know what you guys do. I really respect it. And there are a lot of Christians involved in this thing. I think you guys would really, you know, could really benefit in covering this. And I was like, okay, awesome. But then I got married. You guys could really benefit in covering my book. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was one of those where like, he's like, I'd never heard about this before until I wrote this book. And I feel like your readers would really resonate with it. And, and and I read it and I was just like, I've never heard about this at all. I mean, you know, you hear stuff about like kidney harvesting and stuff, not to blow all that, but um, tell tell what the flesh trade is. So the flesh trade is basically, um, it's an underground market that exists in every country around the world where people, including the U S including the U S where people are buying and selling, uh, organs, blood, uh, bones and skin. And, and babies and babies um not like 
dead babies just like yeah like like live live babies for adoption um so basically it's become if you've you've probably heard of the black market um this is sometimes referred to as the red market where it's if you have enough money um you can get pretty much any kind of body part you want and because there's a demand um and people in other countries need money they are willing to be the supply so i mean they're just story after story of uh people you know harvesting bones harvesting blood just lots of shocking stuff that people uh on twitter are freaking out about this story like after they've read it like they're i've seen so many tweets of people saying like just read about the flesh trade and relevant had no idea that existed yeah i'm deeply disturbed yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. And it's one of those issues where it's just like, you know, you sort of finish and you're just like, well, what do I do with this information? And that's now? the other tweets I've seen. Yeah. What do yeah. I do? Um, and I mean, something, John, uh, something the author talks about and the author of the book, um, Scott Carney from Wired, something they've talked about and are pushing for is more transparency in how we do uh, medical procedures. Because right now it's so, uh, so intensely private. You know, I mean, anytime you go to the hospital, or medical records are so controlled. I mean, for some good reasons, but they're saying that we need more transparency so we know exactly where the stuff that goes into our bodies comes from. Um, because, I mean, you could, you know, if a blood bank needs blood, where do they get it from? I don't know. I mean, if you need a transplant, where does that transplant come from? Like, you hope they know, but, you know, if it's all under the guise of, uh, privacy, then you might not ever know. Same with adoption. Um, so there, I mean, so something to start with is in their, and their mindset is calling for more transparency, uh, both among governments and among private places that are in the healthcare industry. Also in the issue, we talked to, uh, Feist, one of, uh, in fact, Feist is known for this song. But she does more than just that song. <laughs> she has a new album out, and uh, we uh, we talked to her about a, a, a lot of stuff, including uh, growing tomatoes. Yes. Yes. Cooking with Feist. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Chris Hogan wrote a great piece about getting out of debt. Uh, basically, uh, whether you are a recent college grad or you're in your mid-20s, you're a newlywed, or maybe you're a new parent, like different scenarios, different places in life and practical steps you can take to get out of debt and live, be able to live better within your means. And, uh, this should be something we're all pursuing. Um, uh, we talked to Matt Carney. We talked to, uh, Beirut and, uh, we have a article on, uh, the passion movement and, uh, talked to Louis Giglio and, 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 and all that. They've been around a long time and they seem to be transitioning with like the David Crowder band, ending and some other stuff, stuff that was there at the beginning is kind of, you know, now kind of come full course. And now, so we wanted to look at like, A, the rise and, you know, kind of that movement, but then talk to them honestly about where are you going and Mm -hmm. and what's next for for passion. And it's really interesting. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more in the issue. Uh, You can check it out, not only on newsstands uh, nationwide now, uh, but also if you have an iPad, uh, a very... uh, interactive reimagined interpretation of this issue is available now. Um, If you haven't checked out our iPad edition of relevant, we're on our third issue and 
Uh, we're having a lot of fun with it. There's integrated multimedia. It's very intuitive, and um, we're getting a lot of uh, a lot of people like it. Yeah. I could say. Yeah. Um, so you can check that out uh, at the App Store. It's two ninety nine per issue, or you can subscribe for nine ninety nine to the digital version. Um, if you want to get the print mag, uh, the iPad comes with it for free. So if you subscribe, the iPad edition, not an iPad. <laughs> right. So, so you subscribe to Relevant uh, for fourteen ninety nine. You get the print magazine, six issues, six issues of the iPad edition included, two issues of Reject Apathy, four albums over the course of the year, four exclusive albums with artists like the Civil Wars and Fantagram and Bon Iver and uh, John Mark McMillan. Some amazing music uh, that we do just for subscribers. And, and more coming up. We're going to be adding even more value to the subscriptions this, over the course of the year. So um, it would help us out a lot. We'd love it if you subscribed. It's an award-winning magazine. That's right. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so uh, head over to relevantmagazine.com. Subscribe today. Uh, it would be great. And uh, check us out on the iTunes store or at newsstands, too. Oh. If you have thoughts about the issue, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, or uh, you can email us at feedback at relevantmagazine.com. All right, that'll do it for the, the look at the new issue. Thanks for joining us, Roxy. Thanks. Stay tuned. Up next, Kai Kai. listening to Young the Giant the song is Cough Syrup it's uh, the Ra Ra Riot remix of Cough Syrup it's from their new remix EP speaking of uh, remix EPs Kai Kai is actually about to uh, come out with a remix album it's phenomenal by the way I have it do you really yeah they gave it to me and uh, I asked them I said so did you guys bring in other DJs to like remix it and they said no we did it all ourselves and you would never know. These guys are ridiculously talented. They're all like in their young 20s, but they're so uh, proficient. It's incredible. And they're, uh, they're actually all, uh, I mean, they're siblings. They're uh, uh, two brothers, a sister, and then the sister's husband is in the band. It's Kai Kai. It's Kai Kai. Nice. Uh, you definitely want to check out the remix album. Check out, check out Young Love as well. Uh, here's Kai Kai performing Sleeper. Thank you. 
That was Kai Kai. Make sure to watch the performance videos of these songs and another one on the podcast episode page and at relevant.tv. He went up to the tower to ring them bell, whistling a song with the shadow at his heels. He turned to face the figure and said, Who goes there? Took him far feet and pushed him down the stairs. He said, That'll do him well. And he ran that bed. You're listening to Sweet Jean. The song is Shiver and Shake. The single is out now. The video is playing on relevant.tv. We made some changes over at Relevant TV. Yeah. A little simplified viewing experience and uh it's a, I would say, a transitional section while we work on a major, major project that Relent2U is part of. But mm-hmm. we, 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 we optimize some things, so check it out. All right, it's time for your feedback. Last week, we told you about Donda and decided to form our own Donda with you, the podcast listeners. So we, we asked you to lend your creative voice and help us solve the future of urban transport, tackling the big issues here, folks. Basically, we want to rig something to be able to get to our studio across the street without having to walk. So, uh, And then if we can crack that nut, we might as well roll it out to urban centers across the country and create a new future for urban transport. So you went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and posted your replies there. Here's a few of our favorites. Uh, Jeremiah Dowling uh, says we're forgetting about the most simplistic and romantic form of transportation, the hot air balloon. Just hop in it, hop on over. That is really inefficient. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm going to meet you over at the studio. I'll see you in 20 hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got to wait till the wind changes yeah. direction. <laughs> <laughs> or well, well, what if you had a balloon and you had like a grappling hook that you can just swing across the street and pull your and like pull yourself in? Oh, that would work. 
No, it wouldn't work. It would absolutely work. You would get sm- killed by cars. <laughs> you would be swinging low right where the street is. Not if you had no fuel. Enough fuel? Yeah, for your hot air balloon. Oh, I thought he was just talking about li- literally just throwing a grappling hook. Oh, no, hook. no. <laughs> no, no. I'm talking about you go, you like go vertical style. In, the, in, the, in, the, in the hot air balloon. Oh, okay. Or it could be like a bunch of helium balloons like up. Yeah, like up. And then you just sling over your grappling hook onto the next roof and just <laughs> pull yourself right in. Well, imagine this. And we're talking about the scalable solution for the future of urban transport. I mean, think about how big the parking lots are going to have to be to accommodate, you know, all these hot air balloons that need to stay probably filled up or else it'll take an hour to get them ready and it, or they have to lay flat i mean yeah. you, you're gonna have this is the worst urban planning chaos. idea ever ever can you ban that person's ip please? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite was from uh michael lettner who uh, this isn't really something uh new but uh because we talked about the tube system like they use at bank drive-thrus and the he Jetsons. posted uh, uh, three links, and there's um, one of them is to a Wikipedia page, one of, and the other two are to these really fascinating internet pages that look at the real history of people trying to do human transport systems with like these tubes. Some of them have like pods and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, how terrifying! Really cool. How terrifying it would be to get stuck in one of the pods? Yeah, <laughs> like, like claustrophobia. <laughs> <laughs> but you're in the middle of like no, nowhere. Like nobody knows you're clogged. They show he well, attached a picture of Futurama because the, they did that. Oh yeah, Futurama, Futurama of course. Yeah. It looks like they're going through water or something. Yeah, I, it's, it's called the pneumatic <clears throat> tube transport. I won't read his answer, but I appreciate Scott Corin referencing Watchmen for nerdy people. Why won't you uh, read his answer? Because it doesn't he... have anything to do with the question. Say, we does asked. it get explicit? No, okay. it just doesn't have anything to do with the question. Somebody tweeted me and said um, that we needed that the that solution is ski lifts. Oh yeah, interesting. Because it's it's it, and you can put them all around the city. And you just hop on, kind of like Disney used Disney, to have yeah. little to junctions. You would just get on and ride to the next spot you need to ride to leisurely above the like streets. Like an, an air gondola, an air gondola, buckets uh, or benches would be fine. I thought that was actually a pretty. I wouldn't mind having a little ski lift going between our, our two buildings. Mm-hmm. Well, T-Money T 9000 listed a, a, a bunch, but my favorite on his, he included gondolas, but I'm, a, I'm assuming. <laughs> Wait, actual gondolas? Uh, yeah. Like, we like, have to go rivers. Like the boats? Yeah. Like we need to flood every city in America with canals? <laughs> yes. All right. Again, can we ban his IP too? <laughs> <laughs> no, he, uh, but my favorite of his is monkey bars. <laughs> because it would help for fitness too. You know, like, like if you had monkey bars across hands. the street, just one hand across the next, you know, like American Ninja style. No. They so wouldn't ha- be gross if we all had them. Oh. I mean, like, how are you going <laughs> to pick up your morning coffee and take it to work? A belt. Like you have like a drink thermos belt. utility belt <laughs> easy but if you put on a utility <laughs> belt and you swing that stuff's gonna scald your loins that's why like, you get like a, kramer that's why you get a very firm fitting thermos like like, <laughs> like when kramer's like a nalgene his, bottle you yeah. have a nalgene bottle for your coffee everyone has nalgenes <laughs> <laughs> all right that would work because i mean if it all was right. like if you just tucked it into your pants right. or something you'd, you'd like kramer at the movie theater right yeah, you'd bring and her. think about the upper body strength after a couple of weeks. Yeah, you know what? You know who? What I and would the people that in. don't have upper body strength <laughs> that think, would fall and get hit by the cars. And think about how awful <laughs> so natural those, selection. Yeah. yeah, it's go big or go home. Yeah. Think about how awful those first two weeks would be for everyone. Just like, <laughs> do you want to go? No, 
I don't want to go anywhere. I'm just going to stay here <laughs> forever. It's, yeah, it's, like, it's like my, my yeah. hour and a half commute in traffic just went through three hours of grueling misery. <laughs> <laughs> it's like crawling with my bare hands on monkey bars. <laughs> I just flip in over and walk on the top. Flip over and crawl on the that. top. There you go. But then, but then you, you kind of get confident. You kind of get used to it. Yeah. You stop paying attention. Whack! Yeah. And you fall. And the guys don't want to do that. No. <laughs> Girls probably don't either, but... I don't know. Yeah. I can't imagine that it would be pleasant to smash your pelvis. And I think, you know, I would invest, if this happened, I would invest in the ointment industry (laughs) because Mm -hmm. people would be needing Bengay. They would be needing balms for their burns. They would be needing hand lotions. Although, although, I mean, speaking of greasy hands and stuff, I, I, the only time in my life I've ever broken my arm, it was because of an incident (laughs) on the monkey bars. It's true. (laughs) It's true. I, I was in fourth grade and we had PE right after lunch. And we had fried chicken that day, <laughs> and, uh, and I had I had some greasy hands. <laughs> and there was a girl who like was playing on the monkey bars. I wanted to, you know, so I climbed all the way up, and I was gonna do a big old whoop, and I went, whoop, and my hands just came <laughs> off, and I landed flat on my back and broke my wrist. Oh. So, so you're saying if the monkey bar system ever went into place in urban cities, then KFC would essentially just go out of business. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would yeah. sell your KFC stock now. Yeah. Because it, because Cause we're going monkey bars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so the answer. What are we choosing? Donda has spoken. No, what is it? What are we calling it? The podcast Donda has 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 spoken. The future of urban transport. Is it tubes? Is it gondolas? Is it ski lifts? Is it monkey bars? What are we gonna What are we gonna go for? Because we got to develop these plans. Yeah. I think monkey bars. I think that's everyone's favorite. <laughs> yeah, I think it's monkey bars because that fights o- that fights obesity too. <laughs> yeah, because you can't eat. Like greasy that's why food. the nutritionist would come in. Yeah, you just you just can't eat greasy food anymore. I'm I am a living testimony. Yeah. I would go out and be an advocate mm-hmm. against the greasy food industry yeah. if monkey bars became the primary urban transport. Yeah, it's it's really it, it accomplishes so much. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for last week's feedback. Here's this week's editorial question of the week. Well, earlier you heard some of our our stories about our love, our non-ironic love for 1980s Christian pop music. We want to hear yours. We want you to tell us your favorite 80s, early 90s Christian pop song, preferably linked to the music video and tell us a story of why this song is your favorite or what you remember or what you were doing when you heard it for the first time. Actually, we may not want to know that. Um, <laughs> just just why is it your favorite song? Especially if it's a Carmen song. <laughs> and you're in school. Yeah. Because you know what happens in school. Condoms. They hand out condoms. <laughs> not the word not of God. Not the word of God. Which like now, like then when I got to college, I was like, that's a really problematic education policy he's advocating for. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I thought we were religiously free country. Yeah. Not a, okay. Um, so yeah, go over to the podcast, this week's podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and tell us your favorite bad old Christian song that you actually secretly kind of love and, uh, show us the music video and tell us why you love it. And we'll play our favorites and talk about them next week on the podcast. Uh, bonus points. If you actually make a bad eighties Christian music playlist and link to yes. that. Or Send do it to list. us on Spotify. Yeah. Oh, on Spotify or, or list yeah. them all out. Yeah. List them all out. That's a good idea. Make the best bad 80s Christian mixtape. Mix <laughs> well, that'll do it for this week's uh, show. Many thanks to Kai Kai for coming through. Make sure to check out their album Young Love at KaiKaiMusic.com. The January issue of Relevant is out now. Make sure to pick it up at uh, newsstands nationwide 
Or if you have an iPad, go ahead and download it at the iTunes store, the App Store, uh, for two ninety nine. Or you can subscribe at Relevant for fourteen ninety five and get a whole bunch of other stuff too. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I'm Ryan Ham. I'm Justin Carey. That's Chad Michael Snavely. We'll see you next week. I gotta stop and just face the facts. The boy don't give pop. You see, I grew up in a state where the grass is blue. So if it's gonna be believable, it's gotta be true. It's got to be true. I gotta believe what I say. I believe it's got to be true. Even when nobody but Jesus is watching me. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com. You hear me saying that it's gotta be true. And now my homeboy Toby wants to talk to you. True. Check it out. I got a next door neighbor. And I can tell he's been watching my behavior. This enrages me. I will burn this house down. The shoddiness of your upkeep, sir.